in First Kings chapter number 21 and uh, verse number 1. We'll begin reading there. The Bible said, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of, of the uh, king of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. For if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Nahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my father. And he laid down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said to him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? He said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. The men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. They proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. There came in two men, children of Belial, set before him. The men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. It came to pass, when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money. For Naboth is not alive, but dead. Now it came to pass, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. The word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. 
Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whether he has gone down to possess it. Thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? Thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall the dogs lick thy blood, even thine. Look in chapter number uh, 22, verse 37, and verse number 38. <clears throat> so the king died and was buried, was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria. And the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor according unto the word of the Lord which he spake. Have you ever picked up the daily newspaper, began to read an article on the front page, and the further along you read, the more you began to question and wonder if that which was written was true, or if maybe somebody was just trying to give you their point of view or to convince you of something that just was not so. So many times in the news media, we get part and partial of the story. And we don't really know if it is the totality of it, if it's exactly the way that they are telling it. We wonder about it all the time. I thought about this record here in 1 Kings chapter number 21. I thought about how it really happened. The way you see it, the way I see it, the way we have read it is exactly the way it happened because... This is the way God had it pinned down. The Holy Ghost laid the record. It's just exactly the way we read it this morning. But I do not believe that that's the way the story was told during Jezebel and Ahab's day. This was an underhanded, secret tragedy that took place, a murder of an innocent man. And I'm sure that as it was publicized and told about, it was told as Jezebel wanted it to be told. She told these two men of Belial, the worshipers of uh, Baal, to make up a false report and to accuse Naboth of cursing God and the king, which be, would be an act of treason and rebellion. And then before all the people, take him out and have him stoned. And so this was what was told throughout the land. If they had a paper in that day, which I don't guess they did, but if they would have, I imagine as we read the Jezreel Gazette the next morning, it would have read something like this. Jezreel festivities turned sour yesterday after a man by the name of Naboth is found guilty of treason. He cursed God and the king. After a trial, he was taken out in stone. I imagine it went on to say that Eighty-five percent of those that were present felt as though that he was worthy of death. And there will be no need of further investigation. And it would seem as though that it was over. Then I see another little paragraph below that, and it goes like this. Judge awards or gives the government the land that belonged unto Naboth. King Ahab vows that he's going to use it for health reasons as he plans to plant uh, herbs there. And it seems as though that they have dusted their hands and it's all over with. 
Now, we would be amazed in this hour if we could really read in black and white what's going on in America today. If we could really see what has transpired in, in our past, it would shock us, no doubt. But we'll never know the truth in this world. We may question it, but we will never know it. But thank God there's coming a day when God's record is going to be read. It's not going to be how you say it or how I say it or how we betray it as we come together or how man may hide things. But God Almighty is going to bring the hidden and the secret things to pass and we are going to be able to understand it just like God knows it. You see, this morning God knows if you are truly a child of God or if you're playing religion. He knows if there's secret sin in our lives and we're trying to seem as though that everything is all right. He knows if we're lying or we're telling the truth. God knows all of that. And he will bring it to pass in judgment so that it will be revealed come judgment day. But here we are privileged to see God's record. And then one day we're going to be privileged to see God's record concerning all of our lives. But what is God's record about? We, we, we know, as, I, as I've said, we can certainly feel what, what Jezebel, and imagine what Jezebel and Ahab told, but we know what God's record is about. This, this thing that happened on this day, it, it's not about treason. It's not about a man who has rebelled against his king and curses God. That's not what it's about at all. You know what this is about in 1 Kings chapter number 25, 21? This is about, in its totality, every bit of it is simply about a field. Isn't that tragic? That a man's life is snuffed out. Death has taken place in a, in a very, uh, very awful way just because somebody wants a field. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. I noticed some things about this field. I want us to look at I want us to look at God's record. This is about a field. In verse number 1, it is about a field that is, that is uh, coveted. Notice what it says. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard. This vineyard belongs unto Naboth, but one morning as Ahab looks out over the palace and he looks at that vineyard, in his heart he begins to desire and he goes beyond that desire to the point of covetousness. Now, of all the commandments in the Scripture, as far as I can tell, covetousness is probably the key that unlocks the door to the breaking of every commandment. Covetousness is simply desiring and going after things that you know that God does not want you to have. God does not want you to possess or God does not want in your life. And you see, everything is made and ordained of God and He has the right to tell you what you can have and what you can't have. And if we're not careful, we'll let our hearts reach out for those things that are forbidden of the Lord. And so he comes and he begins to covet. Now, I don't think it's wrong to look at another man's vehicle and say, boy, you know, I'd like to have one like that. 
or to look at another man's house or so on and say, you know, I, I, I sure like that. We compliment one another on that level. But it is wrong when we begin to take steps to get that which God has not given us. And so we notice that he desires what, what God does not want him to have. He begins to covet after this field. That's all it is. It's a field in his heart. He says, I've got to have that field. I say to you this morning, it is always sin and it will always bring tragedy when you've got to have what God has not ordained for you to have. He begins to covet so strongly after this field. He just, he, he eats to the place that he can't eat and, and his appetite is gone and, and he doesn't want to associate with anybody. It's almost like he's entered into depression over this thing because he has coveted after it. It's amazing how one little thing in this world can lock our whole lives up and shut us down to that. Most of the time, it's not a bunch of sins that destroys a man. Most of the time, it's just one sin. It may be the sin of another man's wife or another man's husband. It may be the sin of alcohol. It may be the sin uh, of, of money. It may be the sin of drugs. But most of the time, it's just one little thing that's controlling people's lives. His whole life has, has gotten on hold and he's laying in the bed in misery over what? A little field. And that little field probably wouldn't be a drop in the bucket to what he owns as the king. But all that he owns means nothing to him until he can get the one little thing that he does not own. Isn't it amazing and covetous how God will cause you, or how the devil will cause you not to see all of the things that God has blessed you with in your life in bountiful ways and you will get your mind on the one thing that you're not supposed to have and it'll lock your whole life up in misery. Sin will always bring misery and Ahab is a miserable man because he's coveting after what he's not supposed to have. There's no joy, there is no peace, there is no satisfaction. He wants this field and he covets after it. It's a, it's a coveted field. But not only is it a coveted field, it is a convenient field. He says in verse 2, Give me thy vineyard, because it is near unto my house, and I'll give you a better vineyard. Boy, isn't that the way the devil makes his deal? Always making other things, as the old saying says, grass is greener on the other side. But I heard that that grass that's greener on the other side is growing just above a septic tank. That might be why it's green. I'm telling you. He's, he's, he begins to make and wheel and deal. And he said, listen, I want that field. And I don't expect you just to give it to me. I've got other fields. I've got better fields. Well, what's better to you may not be better to me. <laughs> what's better to Ahab may not be better to God. Wait a minute here. What's better to Clinton may not be better to you. And what's better to some of these other politicians may not be better to us. No, 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 no. I got a field, he said, that is better. I question that, don't you? I wonder if the devil's got anything better for me than what I've got. 
I'll give you a, a better vineyard than that. And if that ain't enough, he said, I'm loaded down with money. I'll give you money for it. But what he's saying is, is I want to make it convenient with you, Nabal. Come on, buddy. If you'll let me have that little old plot of land down there, I'll give you a bigger plot of land closer to your house. You won't have to travel so far. And if you don't like that, I'll tell you, if you're on hard times, I'll give you, you put a price tag on it. Put a, put a number on that and I'll give you whatever you want for it. <laughs> it's amazing how we're willing to sell out everything. The Bible said Ahab had already sold his soul. It's, ama it's amazing what we'll give up, sell out, and throw away to get what God doesn't want us to have. Pour it down the drain. He said, I'll give you any amount just to get that. You see, it's all about a field. About a field. And oh, how convenient it is to swap off. It'd have been convenient for Naboth. It'd have saved him a lot of pain and his family a lot of heartache if he'd have just said, now, Ahab, you know, that sounds good to me. Here, just give me some money and, and I'll swap it. It is a little closer. I'll swap it. But he's not that kind of man. Naboth's oper operating on a different principle than what Ahab is. And he ain't willing to sell. Not going to sell. It's about a field. About a field. The second thing I want you to notice with me this morning is this story, as God sees it, is not only about a field, but it's about a man's faith. Naboth's not just trying to get uh, to be hard to get along with. Naboth's not a man that uh, is holding out, hoping he can get a little more money. Maybe a bigger plot of land. Naboth's a man who is not, as James said, unstable in all of his ways. But Naboth's mind was made up before Abraham, before Ahab ever offered him a deal. He's not going to sell the field. There's no amount of money, no, no other plot of land that's going to buy this field. Somebody said, well, why is Naboth being so cantankerous and hard to get along with, honey? He's not. That field is connected to his faith. And if he sells the field, he'll sell his faith. And he'd say to Ahab, Ahab, you may have enough money for the field, but you ain't got enough money for the faith. My faith's not for sale. He said, this field don't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. He said, the Lord forbid it. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to discuss it. No! Imagine he went back to his workshop. That night, probably worked up to the wee hours of the morning making signs. And the next morning he went out there on all the borders of that little plot, pointing them all toward the palace and said, Not for sale! Thank God for those that are born of the Spirit of God that have put up holy signs in their lives and said, Not for sale! It's a matter of a man's faith. It's a matter of principle. You see, this old world, they can't understand why we won't join hand in hand 
to the homosexuals and the baby killers and all that out there. But I'm going to tell you the reason why we don't. It's a matter of faith. We know how the Lord feels about it. It ain't how I feel about it. I know how they can say I'm mean and I'm ugly and I just don't get along with people and I just hate everybody. But I'm here to tell you, every homosexual is going to hell if they don't get born again. You say, that's mean. No, that's God. Somebody said, Naboth's mean, he won't sell. No, Naboth's right with God. Now I'm talking about, I guess I ought to say this, some old time ways. This ain't for sale. God ain't going to sell it. Because if he sells out, he sells his faith. He said, "This, this thing belongs to the Lord. He said, not only does it belong to the Lord, but he said, I got this down through my lineage. My, my parents gave me this. He said, way back there, when they come across the Jordan, Joshua divided up the lands to the individual families. And he said he gave it to my great-great-granddaddy, and he planted the vineyard in it, and he gave it to his son, he added to it. He gave it to his son, he added to it. He gave it to my daddy, and he added to it. And I've been adding to it, and I ain't going to sell what's been handed down to me. Brother, you think about how little it takes to send a whole generation to hell. I thought about Ruth the Moabitess, born in a nation that as far as I know in Scripture now, in Scripture, Everybody in Moab went to hell with the exception of two people. And you know what that nation came out of? It came out of the nephew of Abraham, Lot, who had a chance to walk with God but moved down to Sodom and Gomorrah and sold his family out and all of his generations went to hell. It is possible today for you and I to know the Lord and to be saved, but yet sell out. And the moment we sell out everything we've got, is lost to this old world, to the devil, and our children will not benefit from it. The thing that we ought to hand down in our funeral when we die, we need to hand our faith down to our children. Because you know what? Somebody wants your field. Somebody wants your field. He's out after it. The devil is working night and day to get the field of the child of God. He knows you're saved. He knows you're a child of God, but he wants your field. And if he ever gets a hold of your fields, you know what he's going to do? He's going to change the seed in that field. He said, I want your vineyard so I can rip the vineyard, the vines out. And he said, when I rip the vines out, I'm going to plant something else in there. What the devil wants to do is take your youngins and he wants to rip the vines of the truth of the gospel out of there and he wants to plant the seed of wickedness. And I tell you, once you ever sell out, it's hard to get her back. You know, my my great-grandfather owned a bunch of land there in Kanoa Valley, right along the Kanoa River. In Charleston, West Virginia, huge big plot of land, many, many acres. He handed it down to his sons, and they began to sell it off. Union Carbide and FMC bought a bunch of it, got big 
plants there. They handed what they had left down to their sons and they sold it off. Then my grandpa handed what he had off down to his sons and one of his sons was my dad. And my dad drunk every acre he had up in liquor. And you know what? That makes me mad. Because when it got to me, there wasn't nothing left. <laughs> they done sold it off. And I, I drove my wife back to that, uh, where my grandpa lived and all of that. And I, and I got to thinking about that. You know, legally, I can't put one foot on any part of that soil. You know why? Because my daddy and his daddy and his daddy sold off what belonged to his daddy. Right. If I was to walk on it, they'd come out there and say, what business you got here? And I got no business. It's done been sold. Boy, the tragedy is a lot of times we sell out to the devil and it don't leave our youngins with a thing. Right. Amen. The most important thing that this man can hand to his children is his faith. And he said to Ahab, I'm not selling out to you. I'm going to keep it. So, this story is about a field. It's about a man's faith. And because of that faith, he is persecuted and he is killed. But can I say to you last thing, this, this story, and thank God it doesn't end here. Naboth is taken out and he is cruelly stoned to death in the face of the citizens that are there. He's taken off and I don't even know what kind of, if he even got a burial or not. The dogs licked his blood. And the books were closed on it. As far as the judge was concerned, as far as the courthouse was concerned, as far as the sheriff was concerned, and as far as the commissioners were concerned, it's all over with. Naboth committed treason, cursed God and the king, and thank God he's God. They go back and tell Ahab, that old wicked, ungodly, mealy-mouthed, fissified king, laying on his bed with his face turned toward the wall and wouldn't eat. I wouldn't care if he ever ate. Thank God Ahab ain't going to be in heaven. I'm glad that this sinful, wicked outfit, and this may sound mean, I'm glad there's a hell for folks that want to go there. Because, honey, if they come to heaven, they wouldn't be wanting to sing worthy as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Heaven's going to be filled with the praises of the Lamb. There won't be any worship of Baal. There won't be any Baalite priests there. There won't be any Ahab. And there won't be any Jezebels there, honey. Heaven's going to be filled with folks that are born of the Spirit of God. Yeah. I don't want you there if you don't want to be there. Thank God I want everybody there. It'll bow the knee to the Son of God. Find forgiveness in His blood. Yeah. and fall in love with the things of heaven. Yeah. read a little article to my wife here a while back and the fellow read in that article, he said, uh, he was praying a prayer and he said, Lord, is heaven going to be as boring as what preachers preach and what the Bible says? Is all we're going to be doing up there is singing and praying and praising? I said, well, you don't have to worry about it. As far as I can see, he ain't going to be there. Because if you don't like that stuff, you won't be there. Heaven's for folks that want to be there. <laughs> Heaven's for folks that don't mind Jesus being Lord. 
Heaven's going to be old timey because the ancient of days is going to sit on the throne. Amen. Honey, you're old timey if you're born of the Spirit of God. You can't get no older than that. He was here before creation. Now, I don't want to get off on that. But I'm saying this story is about a field. It's about a man's faith. And it's about a man's faith. I'm glad God's in charge of the end of every story. He's going to write the end of every story. And old Ahab goes down in the field. Boy, I'm going to tell you. Jezebel told him, said, get down there and that's your field now. Naboth's dead. And he goes down in that field. Can you see him as he starts a jerking and yanking that? Just about that time, a man tapped him on the shoulder. And he had rather seen the devil himself than to see that man. Jezebel said Naboth's dead, and surely he was. But when God sent Elijah down to Ahab, he said, You go tell him, what are you doing in Naboth's field? Somebody said, How can it still be Naboth's field? Will you hang around to the millennium, honey, and old Naboth will be tending that thing again? You can't take from God's people what they won't give away. If God's giving it to them, honey, hell or high water can take it away. While Ahab's a burning in hell in the millennium, Naboth's going to be tending his vineyard. Glory! I'm glad we're going to face some things in eternity that's going to be sweet. That's when we stayed with God and did what was right. You see, God had done told Naboth, he said, and there in the Old Testament, what he told all of God's people, he said, this, the land belongs to the Lord and it shall not be sold outside the family. Yes. He is a following God. And honey, you'll never be disappointed following God. Huh? It's about a man's faith. And oh, listen. Elijah said to, or to Ahab, he said, Ahab, I'm here to tell you something, but you better enjoy this day because you ain't got many days to go up left. Right. And the dogs are going to leak your blood just like they did. Nobody. Right. He didn't even give an invitation. His son walked off. Right. I'll just leave that with you. Woo! You're talking about disturbing a man's appetite then. It didn't change a thing. The scripture said in chapter number 22, so the king died. And you know what happened? According to the word of the Lord. Honey, this thing's all going to work out. Get on which side you want to get on. But it's going to work out according to the word of God. Now you can be a vessel unto honor and glorify God if you want to, or you can be a vessel unto dishonor and receive the wrath and the judgment of God. Choose which side you want to get on. But honey, when it's all over with, God's going to have her just right. <laughs> I'd rather be on Naboth's side, wouldn't you? And decide of what is right. Can you imagine reading the... Uh, let's go back to the Jezreel Gazette now. How, they, how, how it was written up in the Jezreel Gazette. I'm talking about this is how man saw it. Just like how they saw Naboth being killed. The morning newspaper. 
I, I can see it. It says, Nation is in mourning after the death of the king as a result of a stray arrow. And now there's another little old paragraph that I'm interested in. It says, Commissioners voted today to raise taxes to fund new dog pounds after dogs found licking king's blood. That wasn't no accident. God Almighty held the life of Ahab in his hand and he brought judgment upon him. What's your story about this morning? Are you living the real story? The true and the genuine? I mean, things between you and God are honest. We're going to have to wait until judgment day to find out about you. And I'll tell you one thing. I'd a whole lot rather be right here, make it right here, than to get to the judgment seat and be wrong, wouldn't you? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Are you born of the Spirit of God? Are you ready for heaven? Are you walking with Him? Or are you selling out the old-time way? Giving up on it. Throwed everything in with the towel to go with the devil. Thank God for the saints that are here this morning that have put up the sign that said, Not for more. Let's stand by our hands.